0: We're going to be looking together at what are called the hard sayings of Jesus. Uh, you might think of these as things Jesus said that I wish he hadn't. Uh, today we turn in the Gospel of John to chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'll begin reading at verse 47. John six forty-seven. Give this your careful attention. It is God's holy word to us today. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. And I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? May God bless this, his word, to our understanding and application. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus was always saying things we wish he'd never said. For example, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus said, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Among students of the New Testament, these are known as the hard sayings of Jesus. Hard We get that label from this last verse of the text I just read where the disciples of Jesus are wrestling with what Jesus said about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. They say this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Jesus was always saying things that are hard. Some are hard to understand and some, when we do understand them, are hard to accept. Mark Twain said that the things in the Bible that bothered him were not those he did not understand, but those he did understand. We are going to be considering these hard sayings of Jesus in our Sunday morning sermons between now and Easter. And your NOVA preachers are courageous men, I must tell you. We have taken on a big challenge in these early months of 2013. We're going to try to make sense out of portions of God's word that most of us find difficult to understand. To try to explain what Jesus meant in saying things that are difficult or cryptic or nonsensical or challenging. Uh, Pastors Dean and Dave and I had some fun as we discussed what to call these verses. We thought about calling them confusing things, Jesus said. Or the What do you mean by that verses? Or things that Jesus said that make our task of preaching even more difficult than it already is. Maybe we should just call them the what words. What in the world does he mean? Simply reading the words of Jesus in the Gospels explodes the myth of Jesus, gentle, meek, and mild, who spoke in a Mr. Rogers kind of way, always soothing, always reassuring, never disturbing, never troubling the hearts and minds of people here in the neighborhood. But that myth is shot to smithereens when you don't skip over the hard sayings, uh, when you don't explain them away too quickly as exaggerations meant to get our attention or explain them as perfectly understandable and acceptable when we understand them in the correct context. In fact, I would say this, if in these next few weeks you find us explaining the hard sayings of Jesus in such a way that makes them more acceptable, more palatable to you, less challenging, less edgy to you, then our explanations are probably wrong. Today, in the few minutes we have before the Lord's Supper, we're paying attention To these words of Jesus, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, there is no life in you. When Jesus said this, those to whom he said it found it a hard saying. They argued with him and with each other. They found it unbelievable, incredible. They refused to accept it. They questioned his credentials. Who are you to say that to us? They wondered just what he meant. And in the end, many of his followers went away because of this hard saying of Jesus. It says in verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And we too find this hard saying repulsive. In the first place, the picture of eating human flesh and drinking blood is not a pretty one. We can be very sure that Jesus is not advocating cannibalism or vampirism. The eating and drinking here are metaphorical in some sense, a figure of speech. It's easy to see that his words here are not meant to be taken literally. But what did he mean? Many over the history of the Christian church have jumped to the conclusion that Jesus is here referring to the Lord's Supper. And he's saying that participating in the Lord's Supper is required of those who would know eternal life. They say Jesus meant something like this, that taking communion is what we must do if we are to be saved, if we are to have life now and forever. That eating this bread and drinking from this cup are not optional, but they're essential. That the Lord's Supper is God's chosen means of conveying everlasting life to us. And those who say that's what Jesus meant have gone to great lengths, therefore, to explain how the flesh and blood of Jesus is present when we gather around the table. How and in what sense it is there to be consumed in this ceremony that is variously known as communion or the Lord's Supper, or in a growing number of churches, a sacrament, or the Eucharist. The problem with this traditional historic understanding of these words of Jesus, of course, is that if this is true, then salvation or eternal life is acquired or attained or achieved or earned by doing something. But the whole testimony of Scripture is that salvation is not earned. It is simply received. God gives it freely to all who believe. We've just encountered that great truth of God's grace in the Christmas season just past. To all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right, the power to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will. You see, not born out of any human initiative, but born of God. That's from the first few verses of John's Gospel, the prologue. It seems to me that's an appropriate place to go in trying to understand what, John, what Jesus is saying here in the sixth chapter of the Gospel, the same gospel when he says eating and drinking his blood is the means by which we have life. So what did Jesus mean when he said this? Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He meant apart from receiving me, apart from believing me, there is no life. You are dead. Just the day before he said this, Jesus had fed more than 5,000 people on a hillside in Galilee. He had fed them miraculously with a few loaves and fish. And just the previous evening, he had walked across the Sea of Galilee and arrived in Capernaum with the 12 disciples. And the crowd that he had fed on the hillside over by Tiberius had gone now to Capernaum in search of him. They were Jesus' adoring fans at this point in the gospel story. They were desperate to be with him, ready to make him their king because he was able to do such things as multiply five loaves and two fish to feed a multitude. And when they met him on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus said to them, you came looking for more bread, didn't you? You sailed all the way across the lake to get it. But you need to know that bread spoils. It goes stale. That kind of bread that you are seeking nourishes only for a little while. It doesn't last. You ought to instead be looking for the food which endures to eternal life, which never runs out, which continues to nourish in this life and on into the next life, that food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man, me, Jesus said, will give you. And then he proceeds to tell them and to tell us that not only is he the giver of this life-giving bread. He himself is the bread. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread that came down from heaven. My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. If anyone eats of this bread, Jesus said, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. To eat and to drink is to believe. To believe is to eat and to drink. Jesus promises eternal life to those who believe in him, who put their full confidence in the flesh and blood sacrifice of Jesus for their sins, the sins of the world, the Lamb of God's body broken and his blood spilled, pain in full, the penalty for our sin. Believing is how we eat Jesus' flesh and drink his blood. And that's why Jesus gave us the Lord's Supper, why he instituted it in the first place. He did not want us to forget this, the the very core, the very center of what we believe. He said, do this to remember me. As Paul wrote, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. So as some of you have heard me say many times, we don't eat and drink from the lord's table to become christians or to be saved or to inherit eternal life or to renew our membership in the christian family we eat and drink simply because we believe and so in this hard saying of jesus we see ourselves like all people we are hungry and thirsty running around and rowing hard and sailing against the wind across great distances to find food and drink that satisfies. And the best we can come up with is temporary, momentary satisfaction. It is all perishable. Its shelf life is very short, and whatever scant nourishment it provides doesn't last very long, certainly not into eternal life we see ourselves in this hard saying the hungry and the thirsty and we see in this hard saying Jesus God come with flesh and blood to be our eternal nourishment Jesus the bread that brings life forever Jesus says Stop working for food that perishes. I am the bread of life. Receive me. Believe me. Take me in. Eat and drink me. Be satisfied. And have eternal life. I've often thought of the Lord's Supper as refreshment. Because I, perhaps like you never seem to graduate from my neediness. I always need Jesus more and more. And I can spend days and weeks and even months running after things that perish in quest of something that satisfies. Forgetting Jesus, the bread of life. Having the Lord's Supper from time to time helps me, refreshes me in the knowledge and the certainty that I can stop running after perishable things. That Jesus is my all in all. That Jesus satisfies for this life and the next. We never graduate from our neediness. And Jesus never rejects us in our neediness. So wherever you find yourself this morning, come, eat, and drink, and be refreshed in the knowledge and the certainty that Jesus has given himself for you that you might live life to the full, now and forever. Here in the Lord's Supper, Hear Christ's invitation to draw near, to be refreshed, to be nourished, even unto eternal life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Amen. We're going to sing the old song, And Can It Be, number 203 in the hymn book.